<laughs> Welcome to Burning What's up, guys? We are in the dark, scary depths of hell, and I am with, I'm so excited, the Caitlin Carter. Welcome. How are you? Why, thank you. <laughs> I just went from very low energy to very high energy, so she's like, calm it down. I just went and snorted something, came back. You may know, <laughs> you may know Caitlin from a variety of places. She was like a big-time lifestyle blogger. You had your own brand. Then... You married Brody Jenner, then you were one of the stars of The Hills on MTV, mm-hmm. then you dated Miley Cyrus. <laughs> so far, correct. And then you came out with your new podcast, The Bright Side, which I was on. It's centered around finding the bright side in every dark situation. And that's when me and you met. I've like, I'd known about you in the public eye, and then to be able to sit down and have such a deep, great conversation with you was just awesome. And I'm very happy to have you here today. I'm very happy to be here today. Um, I was just saying how it's so nice to not be the host for once and just <laughs> But be careful what you wish for because you are in hell. Okay. Well, I kind of like not knowing what I've got coming at me. So Because you've done reality TV, I guess you kind of have that side to you that's like, let's see what happens in life. Improv. Um, improv, exactly. And life is improv, if we're being honest with each other. Mm-hmm. But was there a particular dark situation that happened to you that kind of triggered you to want to start the bright side? I mean, dear Lord. <laughs> <laughs> was there one? Um, I mean, there were a few, I feel like 2019 was easily the hardest year of my life. And, you know, not only did my marriage fall apart, but then of course, you know, I had my very public next relationship. And then I went on to date someone after that. And that was a little bit of a disaster. So I think that, um, what led to the launch of the bright side was, that as I was going through these experiences, I, you know, I was talking with one of my best friends and every time something worse would happen, like I felt like there were compounding bad things going on, right? Like I went through this breakup and then it felt like it was sort of never ending the press around it. And I don't know, just sort of everyone involved. It was all, it was very chaotic. Um, and each time something bad would happen, or I felt like it was bad anyway for me, um, I would somehow say to my friend, well, you know, the thing is that I can, I have this learning experience because of it, you know, like there's something good that comes out of each experience. And I feel like every relationship, it's the same thing. You know, you grow from each relationship and, um, there are moments in my life for sure, where I've looked at back, looked back at experiences or relationships and thought, wow, I really, I want to say I regret this, mm-hmm. but for some reason, I just in my brain, I'm like, no, I don't regret it though, because I feel like if I hadn't had that experience, I wouldn't have learned X, Y, and Z. I wouldn't be where I am now, which is in a much better, happier place. And so I just don't, I don't believe in regretting things. And I just think there's always something positive that you can get from any negative experience. I love that so much. And this is going to sound kind of crazy, but when like slightly bad things happen to you, like you can still stay in it and like be stagnant but it's like hitting rock bottom is so great because you are forced to make changes in your life that you might have never changed if you didn't have to face like bad bad emotions yeah and I mean also I think that when you're in the 
darkest place you've ever been, you are forced to take a look at yourself and figure out what the hell it is that's leading you into these situations Mm -hmm. and what you're doing wrong. And I think that one of the best things that anyone can do when they're in a bad place like that is to look at themselves, like stop blaming anyone else and stop looking outside of yourself, you know, for the solutions. I think that it's taking a look at you know, what got you there in the first place, mm-hmm. how you can grow and evolve to be better. I think finding complete independence and, um, you know, just being entirely self-sufficient makes a huge difference. Like you shouldn't be relying or depending on anyone else for anything at any point in your life, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when you're at a place where you don't need anyone else is when you get to a point where you're so strong and you feel actually really satisfied from within, you know, like you shouldn't be relying on any other person to feel happy or satisfied ever. And you're speaking from a very unique place of you're a person who's dated some of the most powerful, famous people in the world. (laughs) Why do you think you fell into that, those situations? Well, I'll tell you, I think that because I'm from a really small town and from a really normal family. Where? In New Hampshire. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I think that my background is just so honestly basic and simple um, that I think I'm grounded in really traditional values. And, and, you know, like I think that honesty and transparency and loyalty are such important things. And I think when you take someone who grew up in a small town and has that as a foundation and you throw them into the mix in LA, um, you're just a little different from a lot of the rest of the crowd, you know? And I think that people who have grown up in the spotlight and who have not been surrounded by people who are honest or trustworthy or loyal or genuinely care about them, when they meet someone like me who actually genuinely does, that's that's attractive, you know? Like you want to feel like somebody really cares about you and is genuine and real. And um, I think that the fault in that is that I'm overly empathetic. Mm. So I think that I tend to find people who, you know, are struggling and I feel like need those characteristics in me. Like they need someone who they can really rely on. And I sort of maybe let it get a little carried away. Where you will like be there for anything they need. Yeah. And I'm super empathetic. So even when people's behavior is bad, mm-hmm. I will make up reasons why it's okay or like, you know, okay, this person went through this trauma, so they can't help that that they behave like this. So I am here to help them get through that, you know, and I tend to put myself second for sure. I'll always prioritize. If I'm in love with someone, I'm going to prioritize them. That can attract people, and we're talking in generalities, but that can attract people who are very happy with putting themselves first. Totally. And I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned this past year is to prioritize myself. Um, And, you know, you can still love someone and have boundaries and, you know, make sure that you are taking care of yourself, you know, not necessarily putting yourself ahead of them in every situation, because I do think that there's a time and a place where your partner, you know, needs help or can't, you know, you really got to put them first. But for the most part, that shouldn't be the case. You know, it shouldn't always be them first and you shouldn't always, they shouldn't always be able to rely on you while you can't rely on them, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's just one of the biggest things I've learned this year is how important it is to really understand what it is that you need yourself 
And, you know, even if it means making a list of, of the things that are most important to you and a partner and not really wavering from that, you know, and if somebody is making you feel bad about yourself or insecure, or they are just requiring too much of you and you're having to give up too much of yourself in order to help someone else out, that's not the relationship for you. You know, it's not healthy. You're nailing it because I bring people on burning in hell because I like to find people that other people might be looking up to to then be like, well, this is the reality of the situation and we're all struggling at certain times. And I think the scariest thing in a relationship is to lose yourself. And it's like, it doesn't matter if you're dating the most famous, successful, rich person in the world. If you lose yourself, you're going to feel empty. When it comes to, you know, these relationships, I'm not going into them looking at it as, I'm not looking at these people as the most famous successful rich person you're like not intimidated at all are you especially someone from a small town like I don't know but I guess in LA you've probably met so many people of different levels of fame yeah I mean I I dated someone pretty famous when I was very young and so I think I sort of got over any of that appeal very Mm -hmm. early on Mm -hmm. because that relationship was horribly unhealthy and so I mean any of what would have made that seem exciting in the first place, I was like, this is nothing. I mean, it's it's just yeah. like a relationship with anyone else. And then, you know, over the past year, I guess the relationships that I was in between Brody and Miley and whoever else, um, those all formed out of friendships, you know, like we were friends first and um, living in a small town and we hung out at our homes. It wasn't like we were running around, you know, getting pictures taken or like going to concerts. I mean, you know, it's like, these are, these are just friendships. So the way I've looked at these people in the first place was just as a friend. But it's funny how the narrative can be so different because from someone who just, you know, checks Instagram occasionally, it's like, okay, so Caitlin and Brody broke up. Maybe something happened in the Hills. Maybe it was too intense for them, whatever. And now she is gallivanting, having the time of her life with Miley. Oh, it ended. But, you know, she's been just seeing whoever she wants and she's so free. And like, that was like my kind of perspective just from like occasionally seeing it. But it sounds like it really wasn't that simple. No, certainly wasn't that simple. (laughs) Um, You know, my relationship with Brody was like, it lasted six years. And so like any relationship, um, I would say that when I met him, I was so young that my priorities in life were very different from what they were a few years later. And I think because, you know, we're all told when we're a certain age that we're supposed to get married and have babies and that's like the traditional trajectory in life, right? So I met Brody when I was 25 and we had the time of our lives. We were, all I wanted to do was party and have fun. And he was the best, you know, like we got along great. We still get along great. Like we still easily could hang out every day and have no problem as friends. Mm -hmm. But romantically, we really wanted different things. And Mm -hmm. I think that was the issue was, you know, we were both kind of clinging on to this relationship that we had had when we first met and trying to make it work as more evolved or grown adults. And one another thing I've learned this year that I would say to other people is like, just because you're with one person at the time in your life when you're supposed to quote unquote, get married and have babies doesn't mean that that's the right person for you to do that with, you know? So I think I was trying, I was ignoring 
a lot of the reality of that relationship, like that we were in two totally different places. You know, he was not nearly as excited about having kids as I was, for mm-hmm. example. Like I was fully, I've always, kids have been a huge priority for me. Um, it's, it's definitely a big, I guess it's like my number one goal at some point in my life to have kids. You know, I've, I've always known that I want to have kids. And he didn't really feel so strongly about that. And I think that in hindsight, that's a big thing to be paying attention to. You know, you really want to be on the same page with the person. So over the course of six years, we just sort of grew in different directions. And it was really, it sounds cliche, but it was as simple as that. You know, we just kind of got to a place where, all right, we're just not on the same page anymore. And that was literally it. Like we kind of had a very cut and dry series of conversations where it was like, do we even want the same things? No. So then what do you do? You know, like there's no real option but to split up. Do you think the show sped things up or like exasperated emotions at all? I think we were kind of already there, to Mm -hmm. be honest. Um, I think the show in a way was kind of nice because we got to spend more time together. And uh, I don't know. I actually feel like the show in ways sort of made us stronger because we really latched on to each other during the production of that show because, you know, you've got enough people trying to attack you on a daily basis when you're filming a reality show. You have so, to have each other's back. Yeah. And we definitely did. I feel like he had mine. I had his for sure. Um, but no, we were, we were just sort of already at that point. And then, um, so by the time, you know, everything happened with Miley, I was in a very different headspace. I was sort of like, you know, when you get out of any breakup, fresh out of a breakup and you're like, I'm just going to go wild and like have the best time ever. And you kind of have that initial burst of energy and excitement. Oh yeah. Not to say, you know, I mean, I was sad that the relationship ended with Brody for sure, but I was immediately in another relationship that I was so excited about and it was, you know, really romantic and fun. Um, So I feel like it wasn't really until after she and I split up that I sort of mourned everything, you know? So it was kind of like one big double whammy. (laughs) That makes so much sense. Were you afraid to go on a show knowing deep down that you and Brody were struggling with some stuff? I think I was in denial. So I, so no. You're such a real ass bitch. (laughs) You're so fucking real. Like you're like, yeah, I was in denial. Next question. (laughs) No, because that's so relatable and true. Like the whole phase of a breakup is first like kind of questioning it, thinking you're kind of crazy. Like, am I, why am I thinking this? There's so much denial before a breakup. I took a year. I mean, I took almost, okay, maybe not a year, but like nine months Mm -hmm. after once Smiley and I broke up, I took nine months of being alone. And that gave me a really good perspective because I had a chance to actually dig through everything that had happened in, you know, not just in the past year, but in the past 10 years. Wow. You know, what am I doing that's creating these situations? And also, um, like what really happened? Like what really went wrong? And, um, yeah, just kind of, because I wanted to be very clear moving forward. I did not want to get into another relationship and repeat the same mistakes. So I was like, I really need to understand what's been going on and how I've been handling things so that going forward, I can have like a really strong, healthy relationship. And I do believe that some people are so right for you in that time of your life. Like some guys are the ones you're meant to have kids with. Some guys are the the ones you're meant to like grow in your early twenties and learn about yourself with. And 
it's smart of you to know like oh this person fit like a glove you know in the fall but now my hand is bloated and it's not working in the spring yeah I mean I do I definitely believe that uh, some people are meant to come in into your life for just periods of time and teach you certain things. And mm-hmm. I think that that can be really painful and growth is painful. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I'm in a relationship now where I feel like I apply so much of what I learned last year to this new relationship and it's made it so functional and smooth. Like it just, it's a world of difference and things where I would compromise before, you know, I think, there have been times I would say, yeah, in the past couple of relationships I've had where I felt sort of pushed around a little bit, like, you know, I needed to do things a certain way or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I wasn't really standing up for what made sense for me. I was trying to adjust in order to accommodate the other person and like yeah. be whatever this person needed. And now I'm able to really look at myself and say, okay, I know that I'm not this X, Y, and Z, you know, and, and if this person needs this from me, I have to be honest with them and just say, no, I cannot do that. Boundaries. Yeah. I didn't have any boundaries before, but it's, it's not at the time you're not like, oh, I'm going to bend over backwards for the person at the time. You're like, oh, it's going to make them happy. And I like making them happy. Well, I think also, you know, speaking specifically to my relationship with Miley, I was literally divorcing my husband, moving out of our home that we lived in for six years, trying to find a new home. The company that I'd been running for five years, we had just sold. So that was now done. So I was figuring out what I was going to be doing for work. The Hills was on hiatus. We were between seasons. So literally my entire life was entirely in flux. And so combine that with trying to make a new relationship work with someone And it was just chaotic, you know, because we're trying to like make a life together in some way. And I don't even know what direction my life is going. And I think that, you know, that was a big factor um, in us splitting up was not, it wasn't a matter of, you know, not wanting to be together. It was more like, no, no, it was nothing like that. We were like super happy and everything was great. But uh, I think we both felt like we needed um, time to grow, you know, as individuals, like you can't just jump. It's not healthy to just jump from one relationship into another. And I've, I definitely felt that way. Like we, I really needed to find who I was on my own and establish my career path and everything that I wanted to be doing on my own before I could be with anyone in any relationship. Were you afraid at all of like Brody's reaction to like you in another public relationship, especially with a woman? No, because I, Again, I'm super honest and transparent with everyone I've ever had relationships with. So Mm -hmm. I spoke with Brody about all of that in advance of it ever becoming public. Like I literally went to his house and I was like, just FYI, this is what's going on. It's also wild because these are things that like most relationships would never even have to be like, by the way, you're going to see this soon out there. We're navigating very unusual circumstances for sure. So there's, that's the other thing is there's literally no one you can go to for advice. And that was kind of crazy because I think in a way I definitely leaned on Miley for that stuff Mm -hmm. for a while. I was like, you know, she has a lot of experience in that space and kind of knows what, how to handle certain situations. Mm -hmm. But then once she and I broke up, um, I was really on my own to figure it out. And that was a learning experience unto itself. Was this the first relationship you've had with a woman? Mm-hmm. Was it weird 
that like you were probably having these new experiences with your sexuality at such a public scale? You know, I, you would think that it would be weirder for me, Mm -hmm. but I also credit my parents with this because I feel like my parents always were so supportive and have always been so accepting of anything that I've ever wanted to do or who I am as a person. And same with my friends. I feel like I have the most amazing friends and support group. So it didn't even cross my mind that to be concerned about what the world would think about me dating a woman. Also, I feel like it's kind of the ultimate like next relationship. I know like after a really, really hard breakup or even a divorce, everything reminds you of the guy. Like I literally dated like a foreign dude just so I didn't like get reminded of like the American dating guy I dated. So I'm like, date a girl after so you don't even fucking get reminded of them at all. Fresh start. Yeah, that's true for sure. And I think <laughs> um, it's... Uh, I've said this before, but I think the dynamic between two women is very, very different in a relationship. I mean, think about how, uh, like, I feel like the biggest arguments that we have with men in relationships are about like a lack of emotion on their part or, you know, their inability to really connect on an emotional- How they communicate differently. Yeah. Or how they communicate differently. Exactly. Like we're very, we're maybe more emotional than men are when it comes to communication. Mm -hmm. And with, a, with, so with two women, you've got two highly capable communicators who are extremely emotional and like everything, it just kind of feels seamless, you know, like everything's easy. Um, but by the same token, when women go through breakups, we're far more calculated and, you know, I mean, we like post things on Instagram that mean certain things and we have secret messages that we send through, you know what I mean? And then put, put that on like a mass scale with like media and like you've got all these different avenues for communicating certain messages and thoughts. And like, I mean, at one point I said to my brother, I don't know, I was telling him about something that had just happened and I was like, God, this is just so hurtful. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Caitlin, welcome to dating a woman. <laughs> I was like, how can you, I'm like, how can someone be so manipulative or like, you know, have so whatever it was, I don't even remember what it was to be honest, but he was like, this is what it's like dating any girl. And I was like, holy shit. So after dating Miley, did you feel like you had to label yourself in some way in your sexuality or where did you stand label wise? Uh, well, I don't know if you, did, I don't know if you ever saw the piece that I wrote for Elle. I actually just read it. But I wanted to see if you're still feeling the same. Same. Um, <laughs> I I still feel the same because you know, and and I'm so I'm still so happy that I wrote that piece because I genuinely I feel like that piece has stood the test of time for me. Like um, the reason I wrote it in the first place was really a matter of owning my narrative because I felt like you know when she and I broke up, even the press was saying you know like oh, Caitlin is so shocked and blindsided by this breakup. And I'm like sitting at home and, you know, I didn't really care what the public thought about that. I was like, whatever. I don't care what the story is about why we it broke ended. up. But that wasn't, yeah. And that wasn't true. It was like, we, it was definitely more of like a mutual thing where I participated in the decision. You know what I mean? And I'm, mm-hmm. and like, it just kept getting more and more carried away. And I felt like every day there was some new thing that was just so ridiculous and over the top. And the way it was being handled was just with, you know, completely out of my control. I just felt like it was messy and and ridiculous. And it was honestly getting embarrassing to me. So I just said, I need to say something, but, but what do you say? And, you know, like putting out a statement just feels so tacky. I don't know. I just, yeah. I didn't know what the best way to handle it was. And I thought, 
okay, if I write an essay, I mean, I studied journalism and writing in school. It's like literally what I'm good at is Mm -hmm. my method of creative expression is writing. So what if I wrote an actual real honest essay and I just explained my thoughts and kind of let this be my one statement, the one thing I'm going to say, and just let that be it, you know? Um, So that's what I did. And yes, to answer your question, I still feel the same. I think that, um, you know, I still am open to dating women. I still, I mean, I've talked to, like, I've had, I've kind of experienced that actually over the last nine months, you know, I've Mm -hmm. had those experiences with other women. Um, but I just don't see, I don't know. I feel like it's too difficult for me to pick a label because I, I'm just kind of doing whatever I feel like doing in the moment. And you're currently seeing someone new. How'd you guys meet? This is funny too, actually, because we met through one of the cast members of the Hills. (gasps) Oh. Yes. Um, she met him at a holiday party and, um, and yeah. And I don't know, I was talking to her sometime early on in quarantine and she said, you know, there's this guy I think you would click really well with and he's the best guy ever. He's so cool. So sweet. So interesting. Okay. But you've had probably so many friends tell you that about guys and you're like, oh, he's so nice. Then why aren't you fucking dating him? Like, and well, she, suck. she wanted to. <laughs> Okay, that's good. That's yeah. good. <laughs> so she said to me, she she had wanted to date him and it just wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, I would not introduce him to anyone else because I, like, I think she in a way sort of wanted him on the back burner type of deal. Like, yeah. She's like, I wouldn't introduce him to anyone else, but I, I love you and you're the best and I really want you to date someone who's great and this guy's really great. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so she did. So two months went by in quarantine because we were in lockdown. So I was like, it doesn't matter, whatever. I'm glad there's this great guy, but we actually aren't going to get to know each other at all right now. Two months went by. Um, my other, one of my best friends said to me, Hey, um, my boyfriend's been hanging out with this guy. So-and-so a lot. Um, his name's Chris, by the way, but (laughs) anyway, this, this guy, Chris, have any of you heard of him? Like he's really hot and really cool. And I was like, I've heard of him. And actually one of my friends wanted to set me up with him. So I hit the girl from the hills up again. And I was like, Hey, can you please make this happen with this guy? So he like came back in the universe for you. Like, yes. So when he came, when his name came up a second time, I was like, Oh, okay. That's, that's a sign. The universe is knocking. Right. I do believe in stuff like that. Like the universe delivers. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So then I went back to my friend and I was like, I think you were hesitating before because you kind of want him for yourself, but please, will you just set me up with him? And we went on a date and that was it. Ugh. We've been together ever since. So it's been Ugh, like I love um, the simplicity. three or four months. That's ador- And that's fun. That's so fun during quarantine to have someone new in your life you get to really focus on, get to know. Um, yeah, it's been nice because he's super busy too. He's a, um, a fashion designer. He, oh, he cool. makes those beautiful clothing. And yeah, women's wear. And he uh, is just the best. But anyway, I'm sorry. I could like. Oh, no, I I love this. I get carried away with excitement about him because he's just so great. And you're really into fashion, too. So do you like that he kind of is passionate about something you are? I mean, he certainly is much more talented in that space Mm -hmm. than I am. But I have an appreciation for it. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, at least I feel like I can admire what he's doing. Um. And he just helps me look better because I'll be like, what shoes do I wear? And he always knows. It's kind of nice. So you like um, creative men? I, I think that's what I've realized. Yeah. Like I love 
anyone who's creative because I think I'm not that creative. So I think that it is really attractive to me when I get to work with an artist or like alongside observe their work and just kind of participate without really having to be responsible for it. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Like I love just being a part of the creative process, but I'm not, I wouldn't be able to do it on my own. I love when the person I'm dating is like really good at something I'm not and then I can brag about it and I feel like it's so difficult and impossible and they could do it. <laughs> the other funny thing about him is that if I take him anywhere, you would never know. He's like this Southern guy from Texas who is just so unassuming. He's like into skating and surfing and whatever. And he doesn't say anything about fashion design to anyone. So if someone asks him what he does, he'll go, oh, I work for a brand. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like his, cause his brand is like, they've won like CFDA and Vogue awards and they go to the Met every year. And like, I know. And I'm like, come on. But that's like so hot that he does that. It is is so so hot. hot. It's the biggest turnoff when like the person you're with is just bragging about themselves all the time. It's like, we get it. You have a small dick. But (laughs) I also like when guys surprise you. Cause you know, when you've been dating for so long, guys or girls and you meet someone you're just like, yeah, I've read your book before. I'm there's nothing like exciting, but when someone has like layers to them, it, it turns me on. Yeah, 100%. Quick shift to reality TV. I know that like you probably didn't necessarily sign up for The Hills or like you weren't a part of it when Brody was on it, obviously, in the back in the day. Did you ever think you would do reality TV? And like overall, did you enjoy the experience? Uh, I did not. No, I didn't think I would ever do reality TV. Um, essentially, the the idea to go back to the hills had been floating for a few years and Brody and I had always said no, but then it got to a point where we were, you know, I think because we were sort of having trouble in our relationship, we were trying to come up with ways that we could maybe do a project together because we'd always worked so separately. Mm. Um, And we thought, you know, maybe this is the time. Maybe we go and do the show together and just see, how that goes. And like, we'll get to spend so much more time together and that'll be really nice. Um, and so that was actually the reason why we decided eventually to do it, but I hadn't ever thought that I would No, It it scares me. It still scares me Yeah, because you know, you get paranoid about things that you probably don't even really need to be paranoid about, but you're opening your life up to so much, you know, external speculation that it's, it's a little, yeah it's interesting too how you were like we get to spend more time with each other I feel like you have a finger on the pulse of like the LA scene and do you know how there's been like a lot of celebrity divorces and breakups like do you think quarantine has been maybe affecting people who used to like have a functioning life of just like traveling all the time to now being forced to like be on the couch with someone I think that both have both things have happened I think that for people who were single they're like latching back on to past relationships or people Mm. they were comfortable with before because they feel so lonely and desperate and then I think on the flip side, yeah, there are people who are being forced to be together all the time. And it's like, ew, <laughs> you're <laughs> annoying. I'm like, can you not breathe in my direction? Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's definitely an interesting, and I, I think it's kind of in a way, I think there are some really good things that have come out of quarantine. A, whether it's, you know, just rushing a relationship to end that would have eventually ended anyway. Yep. B, I like that when you go to the airport now, you don't have to touch anything. Everything is all of a sudden touchless, which I'm trying to figure out why the hell that wasn't the case in the first place. And we're a lot more clean now with the bathrooms everywhere public. I mean, like, why were we not like this in the first place? I don't think we're going to go back to like our messy ways and hopefully 
we've again the moral of the story we've learned we've learned from our mistakes and hopefully things will get better soon um delving a little deeper i think that you're like so funny so smart so beautiful but i need to know what's your biggest physical insecurity and emotional insecurity okay um i mean i have a few physical insecurities one (laughs) (laughs) i mean who doesn't right but one is my ears. I have one ear that sticks out really weird. This one. <laughs> no one else can noticed. see it right now, but this never one noticed. does. Um, and also I would say, <laughs> um, I don't know, my posture, I have scoliosis. Oh my gosh. So it's really hard for me to stand super straight all the time. And I have big boobs that are always pulling my back down. So my mm-hmm. posture, I'm always so stressed about. Like anytime I see any pictures, of myself and I was like damn it can you just stand up straight watching myself on reality tv I was like you are an old person just humping <laughs> over all the time like, like the, the angles. angles but also as someone in L- I love stereotyping LA but did you ever think of getting surgery on your ear or like why have you not I've thought about it uh I probably should or will. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm not saying you should by um, any means. I'm just No, I have thought about process. it. I don't know. I'm a little scared of I don't wanna I've never been put under like under general anesthesia. That just me terrifies too. me. Me too. So the I haven't ever done a surgery like that's that I think that's why. I haven't noticed it and I also like think that it's not necessarily like something that people would be like, ew. It's like Oh, you're just not perfectly symmetrical. Trust me, my hairstylist is very aware of it and we we like to keep it covered. We know what we know we've got all the tricks. Oh my god, I love that with your makeup artist and your hairstylist, it's all about like what you're insecure about and how to cover it. What about with your personality or with your emotions? Well, I'll say that um I think I I struggled really bad at the end of last year with and I've never been like this. I've always been very confident and independent Mm -hmm. um for whatever reason that's just kind of how I've always been but at the end of last year I think because of just how chaotic my life was for you know after Brody and I split up and I felt like I didn't I think that having your job really you know locked in and like having just having purpose on a day-to-day basis. I feel like I was sort of lacking that at that moment in time. And I got, I ended up getting really lost in this spiral of insecurity. Like Mm. nothing I did felt like it was good enough. And I, I felt like, I don't know. I just was really down on myself. I think I got really insecure about stupid things, but I think when I, you know, when you're lacking purpose, it's easy to sort of get lost in like little insecurities So I feel a lot better now, but I would say that I have the tendency, if I'm not being really productive Mm -hmm. with work, to start to get really down on myself. Like I'll wake up in the morning and if I don't have work to take care of that day, I'll feel immediately depressed. So for me, it's having a, you know, keeping a really busy work schedule and feeling like each day I have some kind of purpose. Yeah, you feel like you've accomplished something, but obviously you don't want to feel like your purpose is always connected to like the results of your job, but that's when you also just feel like alive and happy is when you're like creating something or well I think I put a lot of pressure on wanting to have a family and I had Mm. to sort of let that go like your timeline in your head exactly you had it all lined up (laughs) well right and I mean and I and I had it totally lined up 
with Brody and thinking, okay, by this time I'll for sure have kids. And then when that wasn't working, I really had to just suck it up and be like, you know what? I'm just going to have to get used to the idea that this isn't happening now. But I had a doctor actually ask me, um, what my purpose was like in the fall. And I was like, I, my purpose is to have kids and have a family and raise like wonderful humans for the, for the rest of, you know, for the world. I don't want to mm-hmm. put these wonderful people out in the world. And he was like, yeah, okay. But like <laughs> what besides that? And obviously I've always had jobs, but nothing that I ever felt was like a clear enough purpose, like something mm-hmm. that I felt so passionate about that it would be my purpose. Mm-hmm. And that was another big part of creating my podcast because I was like, you know, I definitely have more to contribute to the world than just kids. Um, But in the moment, I was so latched on to the idea of having kids and having a family that I like couldn't see past it. You know what I mean? It was like my one big goal. And your kids want to have a mom that feels like fulfilled, again, like independently. Totally. So I think that was another thing in, you know, the last nine months that I really worked on was like finding other things that I'm passionate about. Um, and I ended up writing a TV show and I created my podcast and I've been doing a lot of just, um, freelance writing in general. And that's been so great because all of a sudden the idea of having kids is like not anywhere near as much of a priority. And like, I mean, I still know I want to do it one day, mm-hmm. but it's lost a lot of that, you know? Well, you're, it sounds like you're definitely not going to force it for your happiness. And it's interesting that during this time that you're like finding what brings you joy, you've also like naturally fell into like a fun relationship with someone that seems st- like it's starting off healthier than maybe in the past. Yeah. And we were talking about, I think I was telling you about this before we started recording, but I, was on a different podcast a few months ago. And I said to the, it was Nick Viles podcast and we were talking about dating in the public eye. And I just said, Oh God, you know, I would never want to do that again. I'm, I want my relationships to be private going forward. And since then, anytime I've, you know, like I, I do hardly post anything on Instagram as it relates to my dating, but I, I think I've had a few people say to me, oh my God, I thought you said you were going to be private about your dating. And now you, you talk about this person here and there on Instagram. And I'm like, I didn't mean that I want to hide the person I'm dating. Like, that's Mm -hmm. not really, that's not what I meant. I just meant more that I wouldn't want, I don't want to have a public. Does that make sense? Well, you also dealt with the most abrasive public relationship, like in the world for two months like it was really intense and insane I know you were in it so it's hard to like look outside of it but it just sounds like you've had a little PTSD I think when you're in it and you're in love and you have that partnership it's totally fine because you have each other and it's like you know the two of you against the world so it's fine you know you don't really like again even in those moments I wasn't really looking outside of the relationship and I didn't even pay attention to any of the public stuff Mm -hmm. I was like okay whatever we have to go to this event let me like throw something on and go like it was it was not that wasn't really a part of the relationship in my mind I think the relationship happened behind closed doors but the problem with it was the break was the aftermath yep because all of a sudden you know anything that I say or do I mean it's just it's like you don't want to deal with the aftermath that's basically what it is once and i think that on another level that that's the case for even if you're not a public figure yeah. you know if you tell all of your friends and family that you're dating someone and it only lasts a few months then every person you see is going to go oh what happened to so and so you know what i mean oh my gosh you don't want to deal with that my first relationship that was like with a kind of like well-known comedian i never posted him on my instagram once 
and I I never knew why I didn't because I was so into him like the first six months and then I realized it was because deep down like I knew it wasn't right and I knew we were gonna break up and I did not want to deal with people being like where's that guy what happened to him like it's hard exactly you don't want to be reminded of that and like I mean I had one of the (laughs) one of the worst moments like through my breakup was like you know I had these photos up and uh, in fairness like I think that Miley has a fan base that's a lot more invested in every single little detail than Brody mm-hmm. ever did. So, you know, I took all the photos of Brody and I down that were more romantic a long time. Like when we broke up, it was like, okay, we're just going to archive, you know, just to kind of like tone things down a little bit on here. Mm-hmm. Um, not out of any kind of anger or anything like that. It was just like, okay. Nothing was um, burned. No cars were scratched. No. no. Um, but with Miley, it was a very different story. Um, I had a few photos up of she and I together and it kind of got to the point where it was like, you know, she unfollowed me on Instagram and then everyone's like losing their shit over it and like telling me how I'm so pathetic that I'm still following her. But in my mind, I'm like, I'm just trying to be a mature adult and handle this respectfully and not have to deal with any of this crap. And eventually I started dating someone new and he said to me, um, you know, at what point are you gonna like take down those photos? In fairness, looking back, I'm like, why did I listen to him? That was really dumb. Mm-hmm. But I also felt like if it's something that bothers him, then yeah. And by the way, you it's empathized not the guy, with not him. the guy I'm dating now, by the way. No. But uh, but someone else, and I was like, yeah, fair enough. You know, it's been enough time. I think I can take them down. Literally immediately when I took them down, I had people just like ripping on me, like oh, you're still so obsessed with her. You just can't get over it. You, if so, it was like, if the photos were up, I was still obsessed and I needed to move on. And if I took them down, I was like a psycho obsessive freak. Also, what I think when I hear someone saying, oh, you're such a psycho, you're so obsessed with them, you can't get over them. I see them projecting their own insecurities of stuff they're struggling with onto you. Like, yeah, that's probably true. But it was like, my point just being that yeah. when if you don't put it out there in the first place, then you don't have to deal with that kind of stupid <laughs> crap. And that's basically all I meant when I was talking to Nick. I was like, I'm just not doing that again. Like, I don't want to have every little detail criticized. So, And that is a thousand percent valid. Um, Caitlin, you're doing amazing in hell. I want to wrap up with one final game called The Seven Deadly Sins. Seven Deadly Sins. What are you greedy about? Oh, God. Sorry, I'm really bad with rapid fire things. We're going to have to edit this. <laughs> yeah, you're going to take your time. I would say vacations because, like, I, like, love to travel more than anything, and that's what I will always spend my money on, and that's, like, the only thing with partners, with any friends. Like, I just always want to go places and do I, things. I am the worst with vacations. Like, I've never gone. Do you have any advice for planning, like, the perfect girls' trip or, like, romantic trip once it's safe to really do it all the time? Yeah, I mean, I, I always um, – in advance will like trip advisor wherever I'm going and Yelp. And I mean, it depends on where you are, but I'll find the, the best restaurants and like make a list and kind of organize an itinerary so I can hit the best places for dinner and um, find out like what's relevant to that culture, wherever you're going. And like, you know, if it's London, find the best afternoon tea spot and, mm-hmm. you know, um, visit whatever major tourist destinations there are there. I think that if you're going to go somewhere, especially somewhere far away, you got to make the most of, of your trip. Like I don't like beach vacations cause I think they're boring. I like to just go places where I can learn about the history of a place and really explore and like, 
kind of delve into the culture. So I don't know. I think just having like planning an itinerary in advance and really getting to see a lot. I love that so much because I think I've been like stressed like oh well if I do that like it has to be really fun I have to make sure it's fun but you just kind of have to take the risk and do a little research. Also one of my favorite tips for road trips since that's kind of a big thing right now Mm -hmm. um, like Chris and I just did a road trip to Aspen a few weeks ago and I will in the middle of nowhere go on Yelp and it'll tell you sort of along your route where there, if you can find a five star, like out here, it's usually Mexican food. There'll be Mm -hmm. like some insane Mexican restaurant. I've never gone wrong picking a five star place off of Yelp, like in the middle of nowhere. There are always these little hidden gems and we had the best Mexican ever. And it was like a two food trucks side by side and they had converted a gas station into a restaurant. So there were tables where the gas pumps used to be. That and it was so, so cute. Cool. Cause it's like it spontaneous insane. and it's good food. Exactly. So. Who are you envious of? I think, God, I mean, I'm <laughs> definitely envious of a few people. <laughs> uh, but I will also say that anyone I'm envious of, I usually try to, um, like I usually find something in them that I just really admire and I try to kind of adopt what it is that I admire about the person. Honestly, anyone who has really good style. Because <laughs> I don't feel like it comes naturally to me at all. Like, I feel like I have to work for it. I get so frustrated with trying to put together an outfit. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, anytime somebody just has naturally super good, like they can walk into a vintage store and put together the best outfit. Oh, I know what you mean. Like where you can tell they're not fake. And like from their hair to like their toenails, everything is like on style of what they're doing like you can tell that I just like switched my shirt but it looks effortless <laughs> yes like I they're totally not trying that. too hard they just look perfect what are you gluttonous about so this is different than from greed it's more like what do you overindulge in I have a lot <laughs> I would say I would say lately it's been pizza like I've been non-stop eating pizza something about cheese and bread I need all the time Generally cheese. I put cheese on everything. And I don't eat any other dairy, but for whatever reason, I just cannot stop with cheese. I love it so much. It shows like you've lived in LA a while, but you're not like all the way from LA. (laughs) Right. Yes. And also aged cheeses don't have lactose in them. Fun fact. Look at us learning new things in hell. Like a Parmesan or whatever, then you, you don't have to worry about the lactose. When was the last time you experienced extreme wrath? So anger. Uh, okay. Well, I will say in general, I'm not a very angry person. I, I would, I would always describe the emotion as frustration. Sorry. This is like the worst, this is like the worst answer because I'm not answering, <laughs> but I feel like, okay, so I'm the type of person who, whether it's a friendship, romantic relationship, whatever, if someone's in my life, been in my life and they're an important part of my life, I will always want to have uh, they'll always have a special place in my heart, I guess is what I would say. Like I kind of have unconditional friendships and, and, uh, like romantic relationships. So I think I've felt frustrated. I mean, I had a friend that I lost recently and because she just didn't want to, I mean, whatever, there were some issues, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes me sort of angry and frustrated because I feel like there's always a reason to maintain a relationship or a friendship even if you're not going to hang out and see each other or talk all the time, I feel like everything should always be ended in like a cordial way. Like a mature uh, way. In a mature, well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, because that's the other thing I wonder about is like, I've had to think about this too. Is it is it mature to remain cordial and friendly or is it sometimes more mature to be like, 
I don't ever like cut each other out of your lives. I don't yeah, it's know. Like what's actually healthier for you. I, yeah. And I don't know the answer to that, but I would say the most frustrated that I've been, and we could call it angry mm-hmm. or wrathful is just, yeah. At like the lack of working to kind of maintain some kind of cordiality in a friendship. I get that. I do think one thing reality TV has taught me is you'll see like how you have your point, but that like the other person does have their own valid point. And normally if you don't watch yourself on a TV show to see like how things unfold, you'd never know how your friend feels. But that like, I totally get how they could have felt that way and how like there really is like three truths to every. Right. I mean, well, I think that I tend to, I mean, I don't know how you are with this, but like, I think there are kind of two schools of thought when it comes to relationships ending. Like mine is like every person I've ever had a romantic relationship with, I am going to respect them forever. Even if we have a horrible breakup, which I haven't really ever had, but Mm -hmm. if we did, it's like, I still have some kind of love for that person. Like no matter what, you know what I mean? We had an intimate relationship. We went through things together. So I will always try to maintain some sort of, you know, like, okay, we can- Respect at least. Yeah. But then on the flip side, I know people who are like, when a relationship ends, like wipe your hands of it, you're done. You never speak to each other again. Goodbye. It's, I think it depends on the person, but there definitely needs to be boundaries. Yeah. When was the last time you were a sloth? So like a, a lazy piece of shit. <laughs> I feel like I was kind of a sloth yesterday. I had a little um, uh, pool day on Sunday oh, and, yes. it's, and I had a few tequilas and yesterday in the morning, I just laid around in bed and watched movies until probably like 11 or 12. And I finally got up and went for a hike, but I was like dreading. Like the whole way to the hike, I was like, I'm too tired. And I, I have a whole stand-up bit how like people in LA just like love to go on hikes when they like need to get like refreshed or like, you know, to make themselves feel better. And I'm like, I'm from New York. Going to the top of a mountain to be alone with my own thoughts is not <laughs> healthy for me. <laughs> Well, first of all, I did not make it to the top, (laughs) Um, but second, I I mean, I did feel a lot better. I think it's just getting the blood going. So whatever you need to do, whether it's like, you know, go for a run or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, for me to stay in bed until 11 or 12 is kind of insane. I'm usually like a seven 30 in the morning person. So that was yesterday. And I'm proud of you for that. (laughs) Um, when was the last time you lusted over someone? I know that you're happy with Chris, but as someone who's dated a lot of celebs, do you have like a celebrity (laughs) crush? She's like, I do not want to date these people anymore. (laughs) I do not. Uh, no, I don't even, I guess this kind of goes back to what you were saying before, but I don't look at, I don't really, I don't know. No, I mean, like sometimes in a movie a character will really do it for me and then I'll sort of have a crush like I always think Tom Hardy's really hot in movies yeah his his like swag do you think that you could see yourself ever dating someone of like that level of fame of like Miley again no you're like I'm good I'm, I'm way good on that. And not anything against Miley. That's no. not at all what I'm saying. Like, I mean, she's wonderful, but it's just the what goes along with it. Um, I don't know how anyone – I mean, you sacrifice a lot when you're in that position. And, I mean, not to say that I did, but I feel like for anybody who is that famous, and um, I think that um, even a lot of your decisions, like your personal decisions, you don't get to make for yourself. It's like if you're a, a one woman or one man – multi-million dollar business you don't get to you don't have the luxury of choosing to live your life a certain way if you want to it's like everything 
there are just a lot of costs, you know, to be that successful. And I think some, for some people that's fine. If like, you know, you, your priority is to, you know, be really rich and famous, which I think for some people it is. And I think that's totally fine then great. But like for me, um, just money and fame has never been, has never been like a motivating factor for me. So it just doesn't make sense for me to, to be in a relationship like that again, because I understand what the costs are and I'm so happy not in a relationship like that, that I think it's, you know, why go there again? My final question to you is what advice would you give to the little devils or listeners on what to do to cope with your hell so like when you're really in that dark place and you want to find light what advice do you have for people I have a lot of thoughts on this I'll try to narrow it down um I think first of all getting exercise is really important I think that so essentially taking care of yourself and I know it can be hard to disconnect from your phone or um you know, whatever way you're spying on the person that you shouldn't be, (laughs) whatever it is, you know, like whatever is getting into your head, I think you got to really try to distract yourself from it, whether it's through meditation or getting exercise, reading a book, just kind of separate yourself as much as you can. And also I think leaning on friends and family is really helpful. Like you should have a group or a core group of people that you feel comfortable going to, to talk through your problems. Cause sometimes just getting it out, even if the person can't give you good advice, like just getting it out helps, you know, talking about, talking about it. But yeah, I think just, you know, working on, on bettering yourself so that you feel really strong on your own and you feel good about yourself is like the main key. Caitlin, you are the fucking best. I feel so lucky to have met you and you're so down to earth, vulnerable, open, considering all this crazy shit you've been through. And I think if you guys enjoy this episode, you have to listen to our episode of The Bright Side. And um, where can people kind of follow you or kind of stay up on what you're doing? Yeah. So, I mean, my personal Instagram is just at Caitlin, which is K-A-I-T-L-Y-N-N. And then my podcast is The Bright Side and it's on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Um, and the Instagram for that is at is the Bright Side Podcast. Awesome. That. Well, thanks for coming to hell. And I'll talk to so all fun. you guys later. Bye. <laughs>